Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome into another edition of Sox on Tap. I am Johnny Nani, joined tonight by my guy, NWI Steve. We are recapping an unfortunate uh, White Sox 5-4 loss of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Call it annoying, terrible, um, whatever you want. All, all those buzzwords we'll probably use at some point in this show. But before we get into breaking this thing down, make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter, at Sox on Tap and at ONTAP Sportsnet. So, Steve, uh, this is a rough one, an ugly one. Like I said, all those buzzwords will probably come up here, but um, how, how does that make you feel tonight? <laughs> hey, yo, Johnny. Yeah, you you used one of the words that um, I was thinking of, annoyed. I mean, that's just, in my opinion, probably the most annoying loss of this season here to this point. I mean, um, you got the Pirates, you know, one of the two or three worst teams in the league. And, um, you know, Sox are up two runs in the eighth inning and couldn't get it done. And uh, they had plenty of opportunities to add more runs onto this thing to put this game away and couldn't take advantage of it. So it's just it's annoying on a number of different fronts here to uh, let one just get away from you when you had a chance to make up more ground with Minnesota and Cleveland, both losing games tonight. So you had a chance to give yourself a little extra cushion here in the division and you didn't take advantage. Yeah, definitely did not take advantage. Like you had mentioned, the Twins lost. They played a doubleheader today. They won that first one, lost a second. Indians lost, and that was to the Royals, too, so one that they probably should have won as well. White Sox obviously should have won this one against the Bucks tonight. So um, where that leaves us here standings-wise, White Sox, Indians still tied uh, for that first-place spot. Twins still sitting a uh, half game back here. So uh, very, very tightly contested race here at the top, but that's where uh, White Sox sit standing-wise after this one. So um, like I'd mentioned, 5-4 loss in this one. Usually we'd start with offense because we're winning games, and that's the real highlight here. But um, I think we're just going to start from uh, the beginning and kind of go through it. Steve, that's a better way to talk through um, this one because there were some decent moments early on. Um, and uh, But w- one thing that I-, I did notice here was, uh, you know, Dylan Cease, he goes 5 Five hits, uh, two earned runs, no walks, uh, two strikeouts tonight, but um, getting hit pretty hard still. So I just wanted to get your assessment on here because usually you have a good uh, breakdown and some insight into the pitching. Yeah, you know, he started out, you know, this game, he he was doing a decent job of getting ahead of hitters um, for the most part, you know, still had some circumstances where he's falling behind guys. He, he did something tonight that I've been advocating for him to do for a a while in utilizing his breaking balls more. Um, you know, I've talked about and written about extensively how he needs to be utilizing that pitch more to not only get ahead of hitters, but to try to put away hitters. And he was doing that earlier in, in this outing here. And then, you know, the wheels just kind of really fell apart um, in that, in that sixth inning there for him, uh, for, for whatever the reason, you know, they, they had the three, nothing lead. And then, you know, just started giving up some really solid contact or, or sorry, you give up the, the two runs of the fifth inning, um, you know, just giving up some solid contact, you know, it, it's a scenario where he just was struggling to pitch with the lead, you know, the Sox got, got him a three run cushion and then he just went out there and gave it right back. Um, I don't know if that's maybe just a mental lapse on his part, but um, it, it was almost like at that point there, you know, he, he just lost his, his focus maybe. And um, the Pirates just started squaring them up. And that's something we've seen all too often uh, this year out of Dylan Cease to this point. And, you know, I I will actually compliment, you know, Rick Renteria for kind of recognizing that um, in the the sixth inning there and having a relatively quick hook with Dylan Cease after only 79 pitches. Um, 
but you know that again just kind of comes back to a problem we've talked about almost ad nauseum here um the last couple of weeks of the starting rotation just simply not covering enough outs you know um cease being able to get 16 outs tonight that that's just not going to get it done we're seeing far too many instances of the starting rotation just only giving this team 15 outs or so and forcing the bullpen to cover at least 12 and it's it's catching up to them and tonight was a night where it did yep yeah, definitely unsustainable i think that's a good word for it and i like a theme that you kind of brought up there too uh you talk about tires falling off that that is, I, you know obviously that was for cease there um him individually but that also kind of feels like it was um for the white Sox after you know basically after the top of the fifth so um as we're going through this thing chronologically goose eggs on the board both sides through four here and then white Sox get on the board in the fifth but could have been more they scored three in the fifth which is nice but it could have been more because madrigal has a one out double i believe and then timmy hits a single and madrigal runs through a stop sign i know we didn't see it on the broadcast but i believe it was the pirates broadcast that pointed it out that he ran through a stop sign at third and he gets thrown out and granted yes it was a bang bang play uh pretty close probably if it get the White Sox did challenge that, so if it gets called safe on the field, you're probably uh, getting an extra run there, um, I would imagine. But that was not the case. The results is the thing that matters, and he was thrown out there. Um, luckily, uh, Moncada hit a ball very sharply to second base after that, and Timmy uh, turned on the burners, and he was able to score. There was no question about that one. He was safe. Um, so that put the White Sox on the board, one run. And then uh, Grandal, two-run home run from the left side. Uh, he smoked one, so that was good to see. And that put the Sox 3-0, up 3-0 at that time. Um, but then, like, uh, the, the theme that I'm going to roll with here is wheels kind of fell off because um, I believe Cease got two, uh, two outs there in the bottom of the fifth, and then Bell hit a double. Um, Hayes hits a triple. That's an RBI, obviously. So 3-1 at that point. And then Newman hits an RBI single uh, to make it 3-2. So uh, a little closer than than you'd like there. Um, that's, like we said, where it uh, kind of fell off. Um, and then nothing in the 6th and 7th. Uh, so commend uh, Cody Hoyer and Matt Foster uh, for their work there. But then um, a little more chicanery uh, in the eighth. Uh, White Sox did get a run there. Uh, Brayu hit a two-out single, and then it was nice to see Eloy come up clutch, and he got a green light on a 3-0 count. Um, hit an RBI double off the top of the wall, so you figure in a different ballpark. That's a two-run home run, but that's neither here nor there. Both teams have to play um, with what they're given there. Um, so that, that made it... Um, uh, excuse me. At that time, uh, that made it four to two socks. But then um, in the eighth there, um, you had Newman leadoff double, Stallings RBI double. It's 4-3. Um, and then Gonzalez RBI single to tie it. Um, and he advanced to second and third uh, via wild pitches both uh, times, but luckily uh, did not score there. And um, four or four tie there after that. But um, the ninth inning then is where you really lo- look to for this. You know, Madrigal already had one mistake. He gets on. Uh, he has. He has. You know, this is going to get overshadowed. He hit two doubles tonight. And people have been calling for you know hitting more than slap singles and uh, letting outfielders just do. Well, he hit two doubles tonight, but then he ran himself right off the bases uh, when Timmy hit that ground ball to shortstop and Madrigal was thrown out easily at third. So um, I just want your thoughts on um, basically how it fell apart. And uh, if you want to comment on Madrigal specifically, be my guest, because I feel like there are some words to be said about him. Oh, I'll get to, I'll get to him in a second. I, I've got some strong opinions on, on this here. Um, you know, Evan Marshall's been outstanding this season. You know, he's had a couple of, of minor blowups. Um, and, and tonight, obviously, he just simply did not have it. 
again, this comes back to my, to my greater theme of when you continue to tax your bullpen on a nightly basis, things like this are going to happen. So that's why this is going to be really imperative with the fact that this team's last off day of the season is coming up on Thursday. I'm really struggling to figure out how they are going to survive 17 consecutive days to close out the season with, without an off day built in there. I'm really concerned about this to, to be completely honest with you, the way that this bullpen is being taxed because things like this happen when you consistently are being forced to cover more outs than you should on a nightly basis. And I know I sound like a broken record at this point here, but the fact remains the starters have to be able to go deeper in the game. Dylan Cease, you know, was cruising along through four through four and two thirds, like you talked about here, Johnny, and then two outs in the, in the fifth inning, and then it was just you know, boom, missile, missile, missile after that, and and you had to take him out after only seventy nine pitches in order to try to preserve this lead. Um, so I'm not overly upset about Evan Marshall tonight. That's going to happen to relievers over the course of the season, especially when they are taxed as much as they have been. Um, so I'm not going to belabor the point on him very much. What I am going to belabor is Nick Madrigal here. Two inexcusable base running mistakes in this game. And this is af- and this is not the only time we've seen this. Up in Milwaukee, when he dislocated his shoulder, that play happened on an inexcusable base running mistake where he's trying to go first to third on a ball hit up the middle to center field where the play is right in front of him. Um, that play in the, in the ninth inning, you're on second base there, you know, with, with no, with nobody out and the ball is hit to your right. You, you absolutely cannot get thrown out in, in that circumstance right there. There is no excuse for that whatsoever. All the magical defenders and everything were out in full force tonight. That is inexcusable. That mm-hmm. just absolutely cannot happen. And for a guy that was touted as being extremely heady, very smart on the field, we are seeing base running blunders left and right out of this guy. Not to mention the fact that, you know, he ran into Jose Abreu here. Um, you know, what, what was that in the, in the, in the six? six yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so all this talk about magical being the, this, having this high IQ on the baseball field to this point, I'm going to be honest, where's it been? Cause I'm not seeing it. Oh, yeah, no, it, it basically looks like just a, uh, you know, tick in the scouting report at this point because it has not translated over uh, into in-game performance. Yeah, you mentioned that in the sixth inning, too. That's a blunder. Um, luckily, Jose caught it, but there was a, you know, a base surrendered because of that, but a run didn't come of it. Um, but, yeah, you know, that could be something that cost you down the line. But, yeah, the base running, and you talk about, there, there's a difference between rookie mistakes and just dumb, dumb baseball plays. Um, these are not rookie mistakes. That that kind of play, especially in the ninth inning, um is something that you learn like at you know low levels of baseball like middle middle school like i it's inexcusable that that's that's where i'm at with uh you know nick magical on those base running blunders because that that certainly costs you a run um he stays there and then you just don't know what can happen after that. Uh, sure. Timmy might've been thrown out at first there and then you're looking at, um, two outs there, but you still got a man on second. Um, you know, and you got Yon Moncada coming up. So, I don't know. It's uh, 
inexcusable is the bottom line there. So um, we've gotten through that. Um, Let's just move on to how this thing is painful as it is, uh, how this thing ended. Um, Ross Detweiler has to stay in the game uh, to reach that three batter minimum there uh, in in the ninth inning. So Polanco singles, Bell singles, easy back to back there. Cordero comes in, even though he had just, I thought that was a little questionable too, because Calme had been been the one warming uh, for longer and they even mentioned it on the broadcast. And then Cordero had just gotten up not too long ago, but he's the one that comes in. Um, the runners advance on a wild pitch. Um, and then with that point, it was already, uh, you know, got up to three and oh on Hayes. So they just gave him the intentional pass there, looking to get the force out at home. Uh, Newman hits a comebacker, and Cordero did field it and flipped it to Grandal. So, yes, Grandal dropped it. That's, you know, you got to catch the ball. That's another thing that's basic from the very beginning there. Got to catch the ball, but um, also a little bit of a low flip, a little bit off. Um, and Grandal looked like he was kind of straying looking for that um, one two, three, double play there. But anyway, that's how it ended, and that ended up being the walk-off uh, comebacker. Uh, five to four, Pirates win this one. Um, embarrassing, it really. It really was. Yeah, I mean, you know, Yaz had, had the big two-run homer um, earlier, but, you know, aside from that, I mean, he had a couple of, of really tough um, plays himself out, out there tonight. You know, you look in the in the eighth inning uh, when when Detweiler came in, the the pop foul um, near the Pirates dugout that Yaz had in his glove that dropped. That would have been the third out of the inning. Now, look, that granted, that's a, that's a tough play. You're leaning over the railing, but he had the thing square in the webbing of his glove, and it falls out. They were able to avoid disaster there. Okay, um, you got to catch that ball. In, in the ninth inning right there. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. A um, couple of circumstances as well on, on some of the wild pitches with him not necessarily shifting his weight to block the ball as effectively as he could in certain circumstances. So there there have been some issues, I, I think, with Yaz behind the plate uh, defensively here. And again, I don't know if it's just mental lapses or, or what it is right now. Um, there's just little things with him that he's, he's got to clean up that simply shouldn't be happening. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. And it's hard to pinpoint here. Usually we can get into like a, you know, a lengthier discussion about some of the stuff like we like to do here at, at socks on tap, but some of these mistakes are just like, what, what more can you say than catch the ball or don't run on that play? That's essentially where we're at right now with this game. Um, and it's extremely annoying. I really like that. I think we're just going to title this one annoyed, Steve. I like that. I was debating it um, throughout this, but th- that's really just uh, how I feel um, on this one. Uh, and, you know, you'd mentioned the two run home run from Yaz. That's nice to see uh, Eloy Jimenez. I believe he leads the league in two out RBIs now. So that was a note from Chris Kampka on Twitter. Great stack guy for NBC Sports Chicago. Um, and then, like I'd mentioned earlier, uh, Cody Hoyer, um, Matt Foster. Nice to see them. Clean innings, uh, no problem. Two strikeouts for Foster, one for Hoyer. That about does it for the positives in this game, though. Um, other than that, it, it was uh, you know inexcusable. A game that is against a bottom dweller, a rebuilding team that you absolutely should have won, um, and you feel like you definitely would have, uh, especially coming af- off um, a four-game sweep of another team in that similar category. Yep, agree one hundred percent there, Johnny. You know that's that. This to me feels like a loss that the Sox would have had in two thousand and eighteen, mm-hmm. a game that you had firmly in hand and you just found a way to give it up. 
Um, that's the type of thing that you simply can't do when you are competing for a division title and you're neck and neck with two other teams that have recent postseason pedigree. You know, the Sox are still a young team that is learning how to win at this level. And I, I'm very fearful that two weeks from now, we can look back on this game in particular and say, this game right here could be the difference between winning a division title and finishing third, given where they are on the standings right now and just how close Minnesota and Cleveland are to them. By no means is, is this a death nail, but th- this is a pivotal loss because this is a game you should have won. I think it's demoralizing um, to kind of just piggyback off that point, Steve. Um, I agree with you. Obviously, it could um, make a difference in, in standing, certainly uh, from a numbers standpoint, but from a morale standpoint, too. Demoralizing. Um, I would not be shocked to see them come back, uh, you know, and bounce back with a decent win and put up, uh, you know, more than uh, four runs like they did tonight um, and get closer to some crooked numbers uh, like they had in Kansas City. I, I would not be shocked to see that. But the overall sentiment of that is, okay. well, you lose a game like this that you absolutely should have won. Uh, Sure, you take care of business just because the Pirates are a bad team. And that's essentially the only reason uh, the next day. And then um, you have the day off and you're probably still thinking about that first one a little bit. The the one that got away, uh, so to say. And then you're going into another team uh, where it could be easy to let another one slip away uh, against the Tigers. Because that is who will be coming to town uh, this weekend um, to play the White Sox. So uh, you would hope that um, it, tomorrow can be a jump starter and get them back into a little bit of a groove uh, over the weekend. And um, they can take care of a team like the Tigers, like they did against the Royals. But once again, um, Tigers, there's more talent uh, coming up through that pipeline. You see guys coming up, making their debuts, um, and you never know when, when those guys can go off um, and you know start to flash uh, what they're really about. So um, definitely a concerning one and something to keep an eye on going forward here. Um, like I said, for this one, we normally kind of break it down a little more and give a little more analysis into it, but they, they were just straight up plays that it's catch the ball. Don't, don't run on that play. Like I had mentioned earlier, uh, we're broken records here, but uh, that is the bottom line uh, for this one. So do you have any final thoughts before we move on uh, to the preview of the series finale here? No, you, you brought up a great point there, Johnny, something that I'm going to be very interested to see how this team responds tomorrow. Um, It would be very encouraging if they come out there and, and just flush this one tonight come out tomorrow, hang eight or nine runs on, on a bad Pirates team and and just forget about it and get on the plane and get back home and, and ready for Detroit. So it will be very interesting to see mentality and how this team um, goes about things tomorrow, especially with, you know, having Gio Gonzalez coming back off the injured list, making his first start in a couple of weeks here. Um, so hopefully they can go out there, give him a nice cushion early on and he can come out throw some strikes, get ahead of hitters early on, and hopefully they can just rebound, like I said, put this in their rearview mirror and uh, get back home uh, Thursday and and let's get down to brass tacks and take care of business here. Yep, my biggest thing looking for uh, forward due tomorrow, um, piggybacking off of this one, will be um, just playing a clean game. Obviously, it's very, very evident the base running uh, needs to be cleaned up. Wouldn't be shocked to see Nick Magical benched uh, tomorrow for Danny Mendick. I think that's a very likely possibility. Um, I would be actually shocked to see Nick Magical in the lineup again um, after the what happened tonight. Uh, so I want to see you know clean base running there and then clean up errors, too. I feel like uh, even some of those games against Kansas City, sure, they weren't costly because the White Sox scored 
scored enough runs to um, make it uh, not really be a factor uh, in the game. But I feel like those have been piling up a little more than the clean stretch of baseball when they were, um, you know, really hot uh, coming down the uh, home stretch of August there. So um, clean baseball game is what I'm looking for tomorrow. Um, that will be another 6.05 p.m. Central Time start uh, Wednesday, September 9th in Pittsburgh. Uh, Weather is looking fine. I uh, should be able to get this one in. No rain in the forecast. So uh, no need for Tony Twista tonight. And, and you had mentioned it is Gio Gonzalez starting tomorrow. Um, I I wasn't sure if that was officially announced. I know I saw some unofficial accounts and, and some unofficial announcements. Um, I They did obviously activate him before the game, sending Zach Birdie. Uh, back down to Schaumburg, but mm-hmm. I don't know that they officially announced that he was starting tomorrow, but I did see that reported a couple of different places. Uh, so I would anticipate that's probably the move here for tomorrow. Okay. If not, then uh, Dane Dunning would, would probably be likely um, in the slot here. So, um, you know, Dunning went uh, just shy of getting a decision, went four and two thirds against Kansas City last time out. Five hits, three earned runs, four walks, four strikeouts. That was Friday um, at Kansas City. So um, if he goes, uh, that's the numbers for him. If not, Gio Gonzalez, like you had mentioned, um, being activated from the injury list today. So that could be another option. Um, but either way, uh, Brew Baker, JT Brew Baker, is the. Um, uh, proposed starter for the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates here. He is 10396 ERA, 27 strikeouts in 25 innings so far this season. Uh, his last outing, uh, he went uh, five innings, seven hits, one earned run, one walk, five strikeouts. That was against the Cubs uh, last Thursday. So um, that's what we are looking at for this game here. Um, you got uh, any keys and a pick to click? Keys are just going to be jump on them early. And, and jump on them often. Um, you know, this Pir- Pirates team, we're, we're talking about this at length here. This is not a good baseball team. This is probably the most demoralizing loss I can think of for the Sox this season here, aside from maybe that Sunday night game against Cleveland at home mm-hmm. that uh, that the bullpen kind of let get away a little bit. But again, this is one against a, against a really bad team that you let it get, that you let get away from you. So um, I'm just looking to see them come out here um, put the pedal to the metal right away from, from the first inning. And, uh, hopefully they can put, you know, a couple runs on them right away here, take advantage of some opportunities and, and let's get a nice clean win tomorrow. That's, that's what I want to see. Yep. All right. Uh, pick to click for you, uh, pick to click. I will go ahead and I will go with Edwin. I, I think we'll see, I think we'll see the parrot tomorrow. Excellent. I like that. And I agree with your uh, keys. Don't really have too much to add there. And besides uh, what I had mentioned earlier, just play clean game as well, uh, along with uh, getting the bats going early. So um, I'm going to go with uh, Danny Mendick. I I believe, firmly believe he will be in the lineup in place of Nick Madrigal. Uh, If he is not, for some reason, if that's not him, um, I will go with Eloy Jimenez um, for the bomb factor. That's about it. So um, that does it for this episode of Socks on Tap. Once again, an annoying loss. Uh, We are annoyed here on Socks on Tap. That's what it is but um you know got to move on there's another one tomorrow uh, no off day so time to uh you know just get right back in the saddle um uh, that does it for this episode of Socks on Tap. Once again, make sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap and at ONTAP Sportsnet. And also, football season is coming up very soon. If 
you are a fan of the Bears, go and follow Bears on Tap on Twitter, and uh, you can tune in to their podcast, too, wherever you listen. Um, They'll be doing kind of the same vibe that we have here at Socks on Tap, uh, breakdown of the game, analysis, reaction, commentary, all that good stuff. Uh, They do that in in the football land. So go and give them a follow before Sunday gets uh, football underway for 2020. So that's about it, Steve. Uh, Let's close this thing down. White Sox forever. White Sox for life. Are you a sports card collector? Are you looking to buy or sell your vintage cards? If so, contact Josh over at Midwest Vintage Cards. With over 25 years of experience in the field, Midwest Vintage Cards will pay you cash for your collection. Check out their eBay store by searching Midwest Vintage Cards or follow them on Instagram at Midwest Vintage Cards. Contact Josh at 847-602-8604 or email him at josh at midwestvintagecards.com to get your quote today.